Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast Series, PE Rocks. My PE series is going to introduce some of the best PE teachers in the country. What are they doing in their daily lessons that make them the best and engaged students? And at the end of every class period, the students are going, man, I love PE. They're going to share with you some great, great best practices. I hope you listen to all of them. And uh, I'm going to have quite a few of them. And I do want to appreciate Huddle and Dr. Dish as our major sponsors of the podcast. And let's get right to it. So welcome to the PE Rocks series. What's up, friends? It's Ben Landers, and I'm the founder of a website called thepespecialist.com. I want to say thanks to Kevin for letting us sponsor this episode, and also just for the great podcast that he puts out on the regular for PE teachers. The episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership. If you're not familiar with it, it's an awesome program with ready-to-go printable unit plans, lesson plans, tutorial videos, e-courses, printable posters, and station signs, and you can even get certificates of completion to help you finish your teaching certificate. We've also got some awesome follow the leader videos and some animated GIF slideshows to give your kids some awesome visuals and show them how to do different skills like jump rope, paddle skills, soccer, ball handling, basketball. I hope you check it out at thepespecialist.com slash info. You can check that page out for more information. Once again, thepespecialist.com slash info. Kevin, and have an awesome day. Coaches, hey, this is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome to episode 294. Today, we have Guy Danhoff. Our topic today is building advocacy through digital and social media. He's a doctor of business administration candidate for the marketing specialization co-author of Health Fitness Management, published by Human Kinetics in February 2019. His research area on social media engagement using data analytics on business revenue performance, core teaching content areas, current issues in marketing, sport, and social media, digital and social media marketing, sport marketing, and sport entrepreneurship. Guy Danhoff has been teaching at Missouri Baptist University in St. Louis, Missouri, since 2008. He currently serves as coordinator of the Graduate Fitness Management Program within the Health and Sports Science Division. Danhoff teaches courses in that division, fitness management, sport and social media, and sport marketing, as well as courses within the MBU School of Business, Strategic Management, Entrepreneurial Marketing, Current Issues in Marketing, and Introduction to Marketing for Healthcare Systems. Danhoff completed all of his coursework in 2018 and is slated to complete his business administration doctoral degree program at Walden University before 2022. His doctoral research capstone project is titled Social Media Marketing Strategies to Increase Revenue in the Health and Fitness Industry. Danhoff also holds a master's degree in exercise science as well as a bachelor's degree in corporate fitness from Western Illinois University in Maycomb, Illinois. Coaches, I think you're going to be excited about this on how we can use uh, digital and social media to help our basketball programs, our athletic programs, 
and our PEN health program. So I think you're really going to get a lot of great advice from Guy Dan Hall. Guy, welcome to the podcast. Coaches, uh, welcome back to the Championship uh, Vision Podcast. Guy, this is episode 294. All right. So you're following the great Tom Gillardi in our PE Rock series. So congratulations. Welcome to the podcast. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me and following the great one. I just did a podcast not too long ago with Tom Gillardi out of out of uh, New York. He's yeah. amazing. I mean, he is like one of the top people I feel in the space of TikTok with all the things that he does from teaching physical activity and skills and He's one of the most creative people I've met in this space recently. And uh, so, yeah, following him is a great honor to be here on congratulations on almost 300 episodes. Yeah, absolutely on that. Yeah, I mean, it says I have no social life because uh, I'm coaching and doing all this, uh, but I'm doing this in my planning period right now. So I like to, uh, I just love to learn from great people like yourself and I'm here to learn today. Uh, I know you're uh, a teaching professor at Missouri Baptist University. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into uh, basically the health and fitness, the digital, social media, all that area. Well, it's a great question. And I actually started with a career before even teaching. <laughs> I spent 14 years in the uh, fitness industry and working with everything from sales and marketing and business development, working with more fitness technology kind of things. And then um, actually when my last third daughter, my final daughter was born, um, I decided that I didn't wanna do the travel anymore as I was overseeing literally international distribution, working with dealers, and that was just too much travel. So I decided to uh, think about another career and God just opened up a door for me at Missouri Baptist. And I got involved immediately because my undergrad is in corporate fitness mm -hmm. from Western Illinois. My graduate degree is in exercise science, and I'm and I'm literally just a few months away from getting sent getting set to defend uh, my doctoral research at Walden University with my doctorate in business administration. But my emphasis has been on social media marketing strategy. So I've so I've written a co-authored two books in the last three years. One's called Health Fitness Management, and the most recent one that is particularly to this industry. Uh, spot on would be zagging building advocacy through digital and social media. And that really targets a lot of the advocacy work that, you know, I've been part of, whether it's at the state level or even the national level on advocating on so many different levels during COVID and had the opportunity to share about some of the best practices, some of the data, and then certainly some of the things that I learned uh, through my doctoral paper when I was writing the review of literature. So it's been kind of a really cool thing in terms of timing and so, yeah, I, I just feel very blessed. So the classes I teach is I've taught everything from sport marketing, sport entrepreneurship, and of course my favorite class. And I know, Kevin, I know it's really hard to believe I actually get paid for this, but I teach a class called sport and social media, which wow. obviously is a big favorite of the students. And uh, and then the, the last course I teach is fitness management, which we do have an emphasis certainly on social media in that class from a leadership and management perspective. So the, the key here, and, and I'm assuming, please tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, because social media is all over the place. If you're not using it uh, as a businessman, a business person, a coach, I think you're falling behind. I think there's a lot of positive things 
you can sell to the community, but I'm sure there's a lot of negative things as well. Well, when we look at the data, right, and we look at the research since the pandemic, over 50% of the world population is now on social media. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a stat from my book, Zagging. Uh, what's really interesting is just in the last three years, three years ago, the average person had 5.5 accounts. Today, as of 2022, the average person has 8.4 accounts. Hmm. So that should tell you about the need for being on social media. Now, the key is, this is what I tell everyone, whenever I get the chance to do sessions, like I just did two sessions at Shape NOLA for Shape America's National Convention, and that is you need to be where your audience is. So if your audience happens to be a certain demographic, then you want to be on that platform. So that's a lot of like what my book talks about in chapter one. It's aligning like, hey, here's all these different platforms but this is what would this platform would best align with your target audience. So if I were say a basketball coach, I can tell you one platform you definitely need to be on is Instagram, right? If you're talking about high school or college, because that's where the majority of, of the, of the, of the student athletes are going to be. And secondly, along that, and, and this has been very recent, this was actually part of the talk that we gave out in shape NOLA. And that has been the explosion of TikTok. And, and I'm sure Tom Gillardi talked about that whenever your last broadcast was because TikTok right now has just taken over by storm, the numbers and the amount of engagements and, and just also the amount of watch time and view time that that platform is getting and, and how much can be done in a video in under one minute. Uh, just to let you know, Shape America just launched uh, over two weeks ago at Shape NOLA, their TikTok account now, and they want to be able to use that in a very similar way like Tom Gillardi is using it, and that is to be able to show physical, you know, activities that you can use in class or skill development or or even just, you know, having some fun posts and, and creative posts and just messaging. So that's another platform to consider moving forward uh, into this profession. Yeah, what's really the difference between a Twitter and, and uh, TikTok? Tell me that. The biggest difference is, is looking at what it's designed to do. Um, Twitter is quick newsfeed. It is really quick. That's why it only has 280 characters. It's meant to be short and sweet. It sits in a news cycle. If it doesn't get any action, it usually will sit out for about 25 minutes and dies. If it gets lots of likes, especially retweets, it's going to sit in the feed. It then can come up in the, in case you missed it, part of it on your, on your own channel mm -hmm. uh, so that you don't miss the valuable things that you're following or the people that you follow, right? Whereas TikTok is, is more of an entertainment platform. It's a creative space. It's probably right now the most creative platform out there because of the way that they have made it so easy for content creators to use and, and mash up all kinds of things. And that's why, you know, people like I think, of, again, Tom Gillardi or in New Jersey, at New Jersey Shape, Michelle Huff, she was with me when we did a presentation and she was also showing about all the different editing software and, and what's available today. That's what makes that platform so appealing. And the fact is, I, I'll just speak to this. I have a 16 year old daughter. And since she's been on TikTok in the last couple of years, since she entered high school, she's made over 200 TikTok videos. So I'm just saying it's, it's, it's just part of what kids have grown up with. They don't know anything else. But now the question is, you know, how can we use it for advocacy or how can we use to promote our programs, such as if I'm a basketball coach or if I'm a physical ed educator rolling out new programs or I'm rolling out um, new activities. That's one of the great things that happened at Shape NOLA 
I could not believe the amount of content providers there are now today of people who are physical education teachers. It's amazing. It's awesome. And there's some of them out there that are getting over 5,000 views every time they show a short, say, minute video on something they're using in their class and just sharing it, obviously, with the Twitter universe. So TikTok and Twitter, well, they're still social media, but they serve two totally different purposes. Yeah, let's get right into it. Like, uh, let, let's talk about majority of my listeners are basketball coaches uh, yeah. and PE teachers. Like, hey, let's let's start with somebody who has never um, used social media. How can they get involved in that? I think the easiest way to jump in is just to start with one platform. And that platform, again, should be aligned to where your audience is. So if I were a coach today, say of high school, or a physical education teacher that's, again, working with high school or middle school, a great place to start would be Instagram because that's where they are. I mean, we know the numbers. We know the percentage, the high percentage of, of that demographic is, is on that platform. And so I would just start with just one platform, getting a chance. And the first thing I would do is just set up your account and then just listen. Watch other people, watch maybe some of your colleagues or watch some famous coaches or, or people you've met at conventions or conferences, you know, learn from them and get a sense of the space before you kind of dive in. But then it can be as simple as if you're going to engage, then start engaging with maybe liking something or sharing something um, that would be, or, or if you're on Twitter, like retweeting something, those are easy ways that you can get involved until maybe you start to learn how you can then enter the space and contribute your own content, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure, guy. And I, uh, I do a lot of, we have Facebook. Our, our basketball program has a Twitter page. I have mine. My assistant coaches have one. And um, same thing with Facebook. Um, is Facebook kind of fading out? What, what's, what's Facebook's purpose now? Well, Facebook, <laughs> I got asked this question not too long ago. And Facebook's kind of like in a transition of trying to re-identify itself. Uh, obviously, we all know what happened corporately, obviously, with the name change, right, mm -hmm. on the corporate side. So they're working things out on, on that front. Um, but Facebook is still the number one platform for, for especially for the older demographic, right? If you're getting over the demographic of 35 and on up, it's still a, it's still a very viable platform. It's just trying to, to re-identify or reestablish how it wants to play in this new crowded space. So they're going through some changes. So I wouldn't write them off because I can tell you in, in our state association at MoShape, uh, you know, uh, Facebook, our Facebook page is still very popular with, with our members as over 50% of them of our membership is over the age of 30. So it's still a viable thing. But again, that's why you have to look at the alignment of where your target audience and where they are, you know, certainly engaging. How can, let's, let's say for my podcast it is called Championship Vision. Um, how can I get more? How can I reach out? I think every new podcaster, and I, this is actually my third year of doing it, um, close to 300 podcasts, but how can I reach out to more people? And I, 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 right now I, I'm assuming, you know, I'm reaching out to just coaches. How can I reach out? How, how do I expand my, um, my engagement, my listeners? So there's, there's actually a few ways to do this. And just to let you know, I'm a podcaster myself. I have the Zag Talk podcast live, right. which airs this Sunday um, <laughs> as, as, as that podcast is, you know, has taken off as we've done a, a different focus. But here's the thing. Here's, here, here, here's my first tip for you. Number one is 
vary what your content is about. I'll give you a simple example, right? Like maybe if you did something on, and I know it's too late right now, but you know how it's national teach, or excuse me, it's national physical education and sport week. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you have on some different people that you normally wouldn't have that fit into, into that um, celebration and celebrate those folks. Like for example, my podcast this Sunday is you would think it's centered around the person who won the central district legacy award, but instead of it being about the person who won the award, the person who won the award is actually going to be talking about the person that legacy award is named after. Right. And so what we're doing with that is we want to draw on, you know, more audience or even a, a different audience that certainly have people who certainly know who that person is. So again, it's, it's just thinking about how can I add value, but also adding value in a way of something that just isn't just totally down your lane. Like for us, w- what we've done is we did some spotlighting on Black History Month, Women's History Month. Now we're doing something on, on certainly someone's life and their legacy. And it's really changed, you know, our audience, even and we're getting more eyeballs as a result of that. Because again, it's, it's becoming, you know, you can do more things that are appealing to get different audiences. The last thing I will say to do this is also think about uh, putting some of your promo on other platforms. So kind of cross, uh, use cross platforms to promote this platform that you're on now. That's another way for people just to know that, hey, this is out here and come check it out kind of thing. Or you can take your broadcast and just take the broadcast replay link and put it out on other platforms as well. Yes, absolutely. And I um, and that's something one of my goals. I do I, I do try to put it on Instagram and, and so forth. Uh, I am really looking in the TikTok. I've, that's why I've, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Tom is really trying to sell me on it. Um, give me some pros and cons, some legal issues. Because what I do a lot, Guy, is I film a lot of my practice drills, a lot of things we do in practice. So I, I don't know what, you know, and I, I do share that. And the community here loves that, seeing kind of building our Walnut Grove program and the camps that I do. That's what I do mostly. Um, but how can, I, how can I use that within TikTok? Well, I, I think your starting point is, just like it is for anyone that's in media, and that is, you know, you want to start with having your release forms. And there's a couple of ways that you can do it. Like, if, for example, at Shape America, when you signed up to register, you were signing up for that release then. And they also had signage posted. So in your camps, you could do the same thing. If you sign up this camp, unless someone's going to tell you that under any, under no circumstance, so I want to be filmed. That way you take care of the, the legal aspect from that, from that angle, right? Wow. That way you have it in writing. You also give them the opportunity if they do still do not want to be filmed, they'll let you know that way you can, you know, uh, address it that way. But then again, you'll also have signage out that lets everyone know that there could be photos or videos that are taken that you could use for other purposes, obviously, you know, for connecting with your audience. And of course, people love it. And the reason why they love it is no different than the on the move videos that I shared with you that we do at Missouri Healthy Schools where we're bringing in cameras and we're putting on um school administrators, physical education teachers, and even students now, but we got all those clearances before we, before we ever released the videos. It's the same right, kind of right. thing. So that part's easy, but your, your whole notion of wanting to do that and showing your community what you're doing is a great thing. 
But as long as you're asking for their permissions ahead of time and you have the legal documentation, you're going to be fine because we know that communities want to want to embrace things that think people like yourself that are, are trying to advocate for your community. And, and they and they know they know that you're being authentic, they know you're being genuine because you're trying to advocate the right things, especially for young people. Absolutely. I want to get your feedback and uh, show you some of the things that I'm doing. Uh, get your feedback. Of course, you're you're a busy man. You're, I mean, you know, you're you're getting your doctorate, everything, man. So um, I think you're really too smart for this podcast. I think. Um. I don't know about that. I mean, here, hold on, here. Hey, you know this, okay? This is the former coach coming out of me. Now I haven't coached in years, but the former coach is coming out. Here's the thing, and we know this. It's always about being a lifelong learner. Like yeah. just to give you an idea. For as much as maybe I've studied academically, for as much as maybe as I study by all the analytics and all the reports we do with our with our social media, I can promise you that people that I have met um, that were at Shape NOLA, that had given me new perspectives or given me a new way to think about something or brought me aware of something I wasn't aware of. And even like this with you right now, I'm learning some things about you and how you're using your podcast, which again is, is, is a really good thing because I think what I might wanna do in my next, um, my next revision for the second edition of my zagging book, I might want to put a whole chapter in on podcasting and then delineate the different types of podcasts that you can have and the purposes behind it. Because I think what you're doing is super cool uh, as to how you're educating and how you're connecting with your coaches, as well as your, you know, you know the physical education world. Yeah, guy, it's amazing though. It's like, you know, I, um, you know how I, I created the podcast just through uh, my love of when podcasts first started coming out. I used to travel to about two and a half hours between homes and so forth. And that's all I did. I listened to podcasts. And I said, you know, one of these days I'm going to do it. And I started it. That's, that's basically what I did. I listened to some great, great coaches on podcasts. Um, but um, tell me this. Tell me this. How can somebody, how can somebody get uh, more involved in like a TikTok or a Twitter uh, or a Facebook that's a coach that uh, is a little bit, a little bit hindered? I'm not, they're not really comfortable with it. How can you get them started? Well, I know that's going to sound slightly like a cliche, but I think there's, there's certainly, there's lots of YouTube videos out there. Uh, I know that coming up, I'll be going to make an announcement in June. And I'll circle back with you. I know that I'm looking to do another uh, year. Uh, I do this once a year where I'll do like either, either it's a, a four day thing or it's, or it's, a, no, I'm sorry, not a four day, a four hour training, or I'll do one month training, just one day a week live, that kind of thing. So I know for myself, because the, the TikTok has been a very popular topic in the last few weeks. So that's something that I'm looking to put together Zag Pro Academy for. But in the interim, until then, I think there's also some other videos out there that you can see and looking to learn more about the platform and certainly look at it from the, you know, what the company is saying. And then again, then also following some coaches, you know, that use it. For example, if I were to be a, say I'm a basketball coach, I would want to look at, for example, some of the basketball programs that are using TikTok, even though the coach itself may not be the creator but it's still being used if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So someone else is creating it or even looking at some like, you know, Tom Gilardi and looking at, okay, what do I like about his videos? What do I like about his style? What do I like about how he edits? You know, 
those kind of things or what elements, you know, appeal to me. So I think those are easy ways that you can, again, jump into that uh, before you start, you know, creating your own, you know, content schedule and calendar, and then be planning out what kind of content you're going to put out. But that's kind of the starting point is really taking more of a social listening approach and, and just, just learning from observing. I know that before I tackle any platform, I will do that. I know in preparation for Shape NOLA, I spent a lot of time really understanding the platform uh, of TikTok. So then when people ask me questions about it, now we had someone who's done over 200 TikToks with Michelle Huff. So in my session, I had someone who had been doing it fluently. And we actually did our first TikTok in my session for Shape America as we had them all yell out, which was awesome. We are Shape America. Wow. But again, attend sessions, you know, attend sessions. And you, I think you're going to start to see more and more, especially in this profession, you'll see a lot more instruction about those things and also about how teachers and coaches are successfully using it. Because I can tell you, as I move forward, that's going to be something that I want to do is get some of those successful physical education teachers and coaches on how they're using effectively tools like TikTok or say Instagram Reels. Oh yeah, just quick, you know, I mean, you know, even just a quick shooting form. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you know I, I don't know if we can go, you know, because you're limited with time, right guys? So you're limited with time. Is it three minutes or one minute? It's, well, TikTok is now expanded to three minutes. Yes. Yeah, and, and it was interesting why they did that. And they did that was driven really out of the fact that big sponsors now saw the platform as a viable option for their brands. And that came from a lot of the big companies that were pouring in sponsorship dollars into TikTok for wanting, they the ones that asked for the three minute extension. So it was really interesting. This just happened like in the last six, seven months going from one minute to three minutes. Right, right. Of course, I, um, I, my wife just came in, so I, I don't have, I don't have my, uh, my bouncer out front for bidding. <laughs> so <laughs> he's leaving here at the school. She works with me here at the school. Um, hey, you mentioned before, I just read uh, a little bit of an article about the top 15 social media marketing mistakes. Um, and I'm wondering, I was looking over those going, hmm, I'm kind of analyzing, you know, what am I doing correctly or incorrectly? Talk about that a little bit. Well, I, I just first and foremost, when I wrote those, uh, I was guilty of 13 of them at some point. <laughs> okay, I'm full transparency. You want transparency? The transparency is, I can tell you that I was somehow either directly involved or, or indirectly involved and part of a team that was doing those things that we learned, which then we spun around and created 21 best practices. Okay. As three years ago, I, pro I, I published the top 12 best practices. And now since everything we learned over the last two and a half years, then we added to that. But I will share you a few of these, okay? Because okay. I, shared that, I shared this out at Shape NOLA. I'll give you my top seven of things okay. to do, okay? First and foremost, um, you have to begin with a strategic plan, right? You, you just do. So, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, coaches, go, you know, go start a TikTok or go start an Instagram channel, but you have to have a strategic plan for it. In other words, you want to put out the detailed programming for it. Like how often are you going to do it? Who's your target audience? You know, what problem are you trying to solve, right? Those kinds of things, those basic things. These are all the things that, that I teach in my sessions. The second thing that you want to think about is using a social media calendar. I can tell you that Shape America, uh, Mo Shape, um, 
we use calendars, Missouri Healthy Schools, we use calendars because it's really important that every month that we see what, what things are coming up, what things are we preparing for? You know, when do I start our promotions for something? Uh, when do we plan our highlight things? All that's really important so that you have continuity, especially if you're going to be doing like what you're doing, a podcast, you know, every week at a certain time, right? So the calendar is really important so your audience knows. Then the third thing, this is probably one of the more abstract things, but this is probably the most important thing. It's one thing to know, hey, I want to do this. Um, I want to make this content, right, on a platform and say for coaching or or trying to just promote my, my basketball program. Well, here's what you also have to realize. You're also competing, and I'll give you the statistic. Did you know, Kevin, that every 24 hours, there are over 60 billion posts made every day on social media? 60 billion with a B. Okay. Now, here's here here's the rub. Here's the question I asked all people going into social media. What are you doing to grab people's attention? So if I had to give you my third pill, or excuse me, my, my third best practice, or it would be simply is you have to know how to get people's attention. And number one, it's going to start with a hook. Number two, it's also going to be rooted in making sure that you're authentic in your approach and then delivering on the value you're promising your audience. So for example, if you're going to show something as simple as, you know, a shooting drill, right? Well, what are you going to do to hook them? So you could have something funny with, with shots. And you know what I mean? Like there's so creative ways just to grab the attention, but then you can be authentic in your communication, tell them know the purpose, and then you're going to deliver on the value of what you said you're going to do, right? So that's a, that's a huge, now number four, you have to use data to drive decisions. In other words, you have to look, not just how many views did I get, but did I get shares? How many likes? What comments did people make? That's why, for example, our Zag Talk podcast live, we've also opened it up onto YouTube. And the reason being is it allows for live comments during the show so we can interact. And that interaction also can say a lot in terms of our people giving shout outs or what I love is when they're asking questions um, you know, of the guests that we have. So you got to look at your data, you got to look at your analytics, because that should be then driving, obviously, your future promotions, and certainly your future um, advocacy initiatives, whatever that case might be. Um, I, I think that th this is probably the easiest thing anyone can do on social media to jump your numbers, double, triple, or quadruple. And that is to repurpose your content. Now, I'm going to tell you, for years, I never did that. I had it pointed out to me a few years ago. And when it was pointed out to me how simple it was to do this, our numbers went through the roof, meaning we doubled, tripled, quadrupled. And in some cases, we did 10 times the engagement. Now, what does that mean? So today's Friday, right? So we have this podcast. So let's just say that right now, maybe there's people who can't watch it during this time, right? Because they're teaching, right? So the next day, what I would do is take that post with this link in it. And then I would say, simple, I-C-Y-M-I. That stands for in case you missed it. So all you have to do is say, in case you missed it, right? On basically doing a quote retweet, in case you missed it. That way, if you didn't see it at the time you, that you aired it initially, that way people can see it. Now, let's say you have something that's really trending or it's really taking off. That's when you want to amplify even more. And then what you can do is you can even take maybe some quote out of it 
or maybe show uh, a, a maybe just 10 or a, you know a minute of part of that so i know that these episodes are about 30 minutes right Right. So maybe maybe just take one minute out the, that that minute that you believe is going to resonate with your audience and you use that as like a teaser for the next day or the day after that. And just to give you an idea, just yesterday, right, because I, I still help out with Shape America uh, on their Twitter handle. You know, we put out a video yesterday that was on SEL uh, on on non-locomotive movement. And that video did nearly over 1400 views. And yet it was shot a week ago. And yet we just titled it in case you missed it. So even though that was filmed over a, a week ago, it still had a lot of value for the audience because again, of the way that we wrote the headline and the video content and really provided that best two minute clip. Um, and then the last thing, well, two, I got two last ones for you, okay? Is storytelling. And this is a thing I know you know this as good as anyone because you can't be in coaching without telling stories. We know that, <laughs> right? And it's why that's one of the things I love about coaching. That's one of the things I love about talking with coaches. I love their stories. Right. Um, and I think that's another thing that, that you, that, that I think people on social media need to do is getting involved in the story because it's important on how you tell it, but also what the, uh, what the story is about. So you got to think about two things there. Part of it is that delivery, but the other part of it is, do you have a good story to share? And then the last thing, and I know that this, I know this sounds a little abstract what I'm about to say. But if I had to give you my true secret sauce to all of social media, I have learned more from social listening than anything else I've ever done. In other words, when I look at topics or I look at issues or I look at advocacy things that are important, I'm looking for the conversation around it. What are people saying? You know, what are people commenting? And is it something that I can just simply say I'm going to like or I'm just going to share? Or do I have something I can contribute to that conversation? Or maybe this is such a hot topic that I can go ahead and in my next episode, right, a week or two from now, will be on that exact topic because it's trending on social media. So here's what I like to tell people in my sessions. One of the things that I've really worked hard at as a skill set is how can I, as a social media um, person, how can I extract the signal from the noise? And then tell that story the way that I want to tell it. That's one of the reasons why I think, for example, all the advocacy videos that I'm part of, whether it's through MoShape or, or Shape America or through Missouri Healthy Schools, when we share those advocacy school success stories, it's because we're listening to what's going on in that community, in that school that's going to resonate. And we're focusing on making sure that we tell the best story possible inside of two minutes. And the reason why it's inside of two minutes is here's what we've learned. That video content generates 1,200% more views and more engagement than say just a, a photo and text combined. That's not my opinion that was put out by Sprout Social and it's something that has stuck with me. That's why we've done so much short form video content, uh, especially over the last six months because when that data came available, I'm like, and I said this to all the teams that I work with that, hey, we need to be in the business of creating short form video content. And Tom Gillardi was on one of the podcasts with me when I shared that. And same thing, he agreed because he's tried different uh, um, lengths of videos too. And he's kind of found his sweet spot for his audience, again, keeping it you know right around that minute mark. So 
these are some of the things when you ask the question, these to me are would be maybe the top seven best practices of the 21 that I talk about in the zagging book. So when you say repurpose, you mean, um, I mean, talk about, let's, let's, let's talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, we'll unpack that yeah. more. Yes, yeah, so, so I would like to know a little bit more about that. So repurposing means is you take your existing content, right? Let's say like this podcast, and then you figure out ways, how can I reintroduce it to my audience, mm -hmm. right? That's because you got to remember that there's four main um, newsfeed cycles with people on social media, or at least the way that it's characterized by marketers. I should probably should say it that way, right? right? So the research that we found in our profession, and we've been doing this since 2019, when we looked at the data back then, we found that the health and physical education audience, that there's a strong correlation that at least over 50% of them consume their content before 8 a.m. So we know for us, when we want to put out content, especially to them, which most of the content I'm involved in, that's what we do. That's why we're putting it out between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m. Because we know that they're watching, that we're, they're getting their feed, or those that are exercising, which is why this show is such a great format, because boom, they can do like I'm doing. Hey, I'm on the treadmill, or I'm walking outside, or I'm on the beach, wherever you live, right. and I can listen to the podcast. Or like in my case, I have a half hour drive from my house to the university, and that's when I listen to my podcasts, right? So does that, that kind of make sense? So, that, so that's one mm -hmm. thing of repurposing. But then let's just say that you're getting some good comments, right? And people are reacting to it. Well, maybe even with the reacting to it, maybe there's something that your audience has connected to that was unintended. But this is a good thing, right? Because people, are, they've saw maybe, or they, they, again, it's all based on their perception. And then maybe what you thought was maybe the main storyline, well, it still could have been, but there was something else that resonated with your audience. Then you can repurpose that storyline to your audience. I'll give you a great example. Okay, this just happened, right? I told you we repurposed a video at Shape America that was put on by Fran Cleland. She's a past president of Shape America, right? So Fran did this great session with, with her two colleagues. And we had this great video clip of her demonstrating, um, you know, how to, how to basically uh, use this SEL lesson on self-awareness for students, right? Well, it also, we found out this week that she's also, um, as of today, just finished her last day of teaching in college. Mm. So now we'll, we'll repurpose that video, uh -huh. except we'll say, hey, congratulations on a great career or whatever. So that's what I mean by repurposing. So we're repurposing it for a different reason, but yet that content is still being shared as it's being repurposed, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I actually, I, I'm thinking, you're making me think. <laughs> well, I hope that's a good thing, right? I, exactly, exactly. Uh, but I do that a lot with, you know, let's say uh, I did a state championship out here in Georgia and I um, and I I went back where one of their kids was recognized for something. I went back to the podcast of, you know, this is with a coach of the particular player. Uh, I try to do that a lot with things going on here in Georgia. So uh, in my own way, that's what I do a lot of because I know I I know a lot of coaches here in the state and a lot of coaches appreciate me sharing the game a lot um so in my own way I, I definitely repurpose a lot particularly drills of coaches so exactly I, right um coach i have um and then i'll put a comment on there about that and then i'll share one of my drills that i do so it's all kind of we're all in the same boat but um uh, is that what 
what you're saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. And then the last thing I just want to share for your basketball coaches audience, I want to share about uh, recently what happened to me that I would consider to be maybe the best video content that I've ever shot um, that was repurposed a whole lot. And it was totally, I just happened to be at the right place, right time. So our basketball team at our university, they made it all the way to the um, AMC championship. Okay. So you can only imagine, right? I happen to be there. Um, I'm on the baseline, right? And so, and, and I'm where our team is shooting. So here it is. Our team is losing by one point. We're coming down and now I'm filming it, right? So I got my camera going right yeah. off my iPhone, whole thing. It's clock's ticking down, crowd's going crazy. The ball rims out. Um, our guy then gets the rebound, puts it in, shoots it, buzzer goes off. And then all of a sudden, I've never seen this before. All the all our fans from Spartan Nation just rush the floor. And I have all this being captured. And what was really interesting about the video is the game wasn't over. There were oh. 0.5 seconds left, so I had to clear everyone off. One yeah. of our basketball players had his shirt completely off, has to put it back on. You see it when you watch the replay, like, uh, I got to show you this for visual. Yeah. Someone got so excited, they had their cell phone in their hand, they threw it up in the air, went flying up, it comes down, hits the ground. I mean, it was like complete, complete craziness, but coolness all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And that video has never been repurposed more. But my whole point is, it's because you capture that amazing moment of something that that community hasn't seen before. And that's why even something as simple, those big shots or those big game meaning moments, right? And that cell, those celebrations, all I can tell you is like, those are the kinds of things that people love and why? Because you know what? We're emotional people. We care yeah. about people. And, and that's what I mean. It's like, I learned so much from that experience of just that one video clip. I just said, well, I'm just let the video run. Who knows what's going to happen? And I never could have imagined what happened next, let alone the amount of times that had been repurposed. Was it was it a live video or was it a uh, we do like a Facebook live or was this it was it wasn't live but I posted yeah. it literally literally I posted it within a minute of it happening yeah yeah so it was near That's it was near cool. it was near real time but which is also a big part of what I do and I'll share this with anyone like yeah. if you don't here's the thing if you don't have great stability in like Facebook live rather than having chopping video just shoot your video, then post it immediately while you're at that event. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's this real humanness, right? I mean, it's, yeah. It's, well, it's the emotion. It's the raw emotion. And I can tell you that I learned so much in that, so much then. And then of course, when you then see, here's the thing, right? Two days later, they now make a highlight reel and it's really done very well, very professional. Then what do they show? They'll show that clip, but then they also let you hear the audio of the craziness and the excitement. And it was just the coolest thing. I was like, and I, and I was there and I, and I just said, oh, let's just roll the camera. I don't know what's going to happen. Caught it, got it out in real time. And then boom, this thing went on for, for months. Of course, it's also great for a throwback Thursday. Yeah. Throw that yeah. up there. Of course, everyone's reliving that great moment, right? So <laughs> anyways, that's a little tip for all, all your uh, coaches out there across yeah. the country. I think that's a really simple and fun thing to do. Is just capture those great, um, amazing moments when you can. Yeah, I have a good friend in Missouri, Jared Hunsinger. I don't know if you might know him. Used to be at Boonville High School out there in Missouri. Uh, I think he, he moved to another school championship coach. 
Um, so I guess if you don't know him, he's got to get more famous. He's got to win more championships. <laughs> I, I'm going to be all over him for that. Okay. All right. Let, let's, let's distinguish something. It may not be that he's not famous for winning championships, but if he doesn't have a strong social media presence, maybe I didn't see it. There's yeah. a distinct difference, <laughs> right? right? That's right. Like you can, you can have, you can be the best kept secret because you don't use social media. Right. 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 That's the point of, this is one of the points of the podcast is saying, Hey, you could already be great, but imagine what can happen if we amplify that, you know, by using your social strategy. You know, it's funny you say that my assistant coach who, who actually left and became a social media director for a local bank in Atlanta. Oh, she, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and she's been my assistant coach forever and um, she just wanted to make more money. I mean, that, that's it. Yeah. But she found a love in social media and she would love to listen to this podcast. Matter of fact, um, I should have actually had her on, but she's working right now. So I can't exactly. Um, but uh, she loves what she's doing. Uh, she's got a knack. She really loves going out. She said, I, I take photos. I go get meet, meet people. And this is a new profession for people, right? Uh, it totally is. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'll share this with you again, because I teach in our sport management program, both at the undergrad and grad level. One of the interesting things, if you look at over the last eight to nine years, over 50% of the jobs in sport management today have been created because of technology related to media is, is one of those big areas. Certainly automation is another one, but media has created so many jobs. And now there's so many um, specializations within social media, right? There's so many different specializations within it. And you can even get down to being platform specific. And it's really cool today. This is one of the things I love about, you know, teaching, for example, a class like sport and social media, it's one thing to make them a rock star, you know, on maybe a platform or two, but imagine when I have students that I work with at the graduate level and they, then they immediately get employed uh, in these big positions because they, they're able to um, run the social media and, and run it in such a way that they're producing results instantly because of, again, the, this, this profession has changed literally. And here's the other thing. It's changed so much. Yeah, and I say this all the time, just in the last year alone, look at the changes YouTube made. Look at the changes Instagram made. TikTok, look at all these changes that have happened just in the last six to 12 months. That is when I, people ask me, how do I keep up with this, right? How do I stay abreast of all this? Well, I don't have a choice being an author. I've got, I've got to stay abreast of all these changes and all I can say is what I've seen in the last year has been amazing. The tweaking that these platforms are doing, which I found it really interesting when you asked me earlier about Facebook, is it still relevant? Well, yeah, it is. But but I will tell you one thing right now that they're struggling to figure out is Facebook ads. Right. Now, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother program. But I'm just saying, like, that's something to, to take a look at compared to some of the other platforms that are really exploding in those ad in those ad spaces for paid ads as opposed to the organic strategies all right let's get right into my last question is sure. uh, monetizing so you know my my podcast i have sponsors i have dr dish i have huddle that that i put promos on uh in the podcast how can we as podcasters um or social media advocates uh uh get involved in in, in monetization you know what? That's that's a great question, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it through a story. Okay. okay? <laughs> so right now, 
the most famous social media platform that does this is actually YouTube. YouTube has a as basically a partnership program that that you can use um, for content creators. And they also now have it even for YouTube Shorts, which is basically the YouTube version of TikTok, right? And also there's platforms for Instagram, the same thing. So there's, there's different ways that you can monetize with the platforms themselves, okay? So that's one way you can do that, right? And I actually had the privilege and opportunity a little over, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago to work with a teacher out of the state of Washington and during the pandemic, he was making less, he was creating uh, physical education lessons for his students. And he had so much engagements that I then worked with him, not on his content, he already knew how to do that, but I worked with him on the back end on how he could do the, the tagging, the hashtagging, and then optimizing his video for search. Hmm. And then it took him from, it took him from something, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'll, I'll give you the ratios. So he was already at something like, I don't know, four or 500 subscribers and you need to be at a thousand. And within, within about 80 days, he went from that number to over 1200. Now he qualified for getting money from YouTube. And then if, then the next criteria is, is amount of watch hours. And I know they recently changed it. So I don't want to give the quote on what those hours are, but he also met that criteria. And now I know this sounds crazy, but here's a physical education teacher in the state of Washington that when he puts out something that he shares with his class, that is now monetized by YouTube themselves through their partnership program. So that's one way you can monetize. The second way you talked about, the obvious way is to get sponsors. There are sponsors that will then allow you to monetize and depending on how you have the deal set up, um, whatever that may be, but of course, there's ways to always track the conversion rates. There's ways to track um, what it is the sponsor's wanting from you. In some cases, it could be sales of something. In other cases, it could be just as simply as the amount of reach that you have and that you mentioned their name on the air, whatever that may be. So there's all kinds of ways that you can do with sponsorship. Um, I'm going to be presenting next month, and I can't talk about it today, and I, I, I apologize that I can't, but I'm not ready to release this yet, but in, in Missouri... Um, we have worked on a new sponsorship package that now we believe will add the most amount of value to sponsors attending conventions moving forward. And that's through our media buys. But you have to have the social media um, social proof and you have to have the, the impressions and the reach uh, and the influence to do this, right? right? And so like you have that because you've got a podcast that's nationally broadcasted. And that's something you could do. But all I'm saying is you're now going to see it done even at the convention level. And that's something I'll be sharing at an upcoming conference. And I, and I can't get into any more than that. Um, but I, but maybe you can have me come back. I'd be happy to share with the results of what, how that's been going. But so far, since we introduced it at Shape NOLA, the response has been so positive, even as exceeded our expectations because of the way sponsors are valuing their sponsorship dollars of what they're getting in on the return. So it's not just return on the investment, but it's also return on the influence and social media gives social proof and influence. Uh, absolutely on that. I think this is gonna be continued part two guys. For sure. <laughs> thank you. Because uh, I'm, re I'm really interested. Uh, hey, thank you for investing into our podcast. Absolutely. Uh, 
And uh, I learned so much and our, our listeners are going to be contacting you. What's the best way? I know you do a great job on social media, obviously on Twitter and so forth. What's the best way to reach Guy Danhoff? The easiest way is just to go to Twitter and just direct message me at Guy Danhoff. Okay. It's just that easy. I mean, that's what I tell everyone at conventions and conferences. You want to reach me, just that's a starting point. Then I'll give you my number. I'll give you my email. But it's just re- real easy to say, hey, go to go to Twitter and go to at Guy Danhoff and just send me a direct message. And I'm really good about responding very quickly. And uh, all I can say is, you know, as we're wrapping up, Kevin, all I can say, is, it's people like you that inspire me to do what I do, because what I'm trying to do is help people like you just to get, just to, to give you, whether it's 1% better or 10% better, whatever that case may be, because we're always learning and how can we add to what people are trying to do uh, to amplify these amazing messages, or in your case, what a great cause to amplify what, what, what everyday teachers are doing on the front lines with, with, with our young people across America, as well as also and, and being a former coach, I have a heart for coaches as well. I don't care what you know, sport you coach, but talk about, I, we both know this from being former players, what sport meant to us as players and the lessons that we've learned. And I know that this is part, you're part of my why. My why is simply to help people like yourself and, and other educators out there just, just to become better and to also be able to amplify their message. So I always say this all the time, my job is to help people increase your influence, your impact, and your advocacy moving forward. Thank you. And I appreciate that because I just, my, my, my parents players meeting last night, we always talk about 1% better, but yeah. as coaches, we got to get 1% better. Right. Right. You're helping me with that, Dan. So I appreciate that guy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it happens, it happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so guy, I really appreciate you, man, investing into uh, our podcast I really appreciate you sharing your vision um, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on. All right. Sounds great, my friend. All right. Thanks, guy. Take care now. Thank you. All right. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up. And Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assists is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, 
effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day.